Our scripture reading this morning is a story. It is a story that charts a poetic course from famine to feast, from death to birth, from emigration to homecoming, from desolation to restoration. It is the story of Ruth, which is told like a fable or a fairy tale, and so it begins much like once upon a time, with the line, in the days when judges ruled. As the story begins, Naomi and Elimelech have been, they had fled a famine in their own hometown of Bethlehem. Bethlehem, much like, um, David and I actually are both from the greater Boston area. Boston's nickname is Beantown. Bethlehem similarly means the house of bread. So for there to have been a famine in Bethlehem in this story has some dramatic irony. So these people have been economic migrants, and they have moved to Moab in search of food. So their two sons marry Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. Tragically, first Naomi's husband, and then her two sons all die, leaving Naomi with her two dependent daughters-in-law, all of them destitute. Let us listen for the word of God. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard that in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi, she must have realized she couldn't provide for them, and she said to them, go back. Each of you go back to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. After a time, one daughter-in-law does obey her, and she kisses her goodbye. And they wept aloud, but Ruth clung to her. Naomi says to Ruth, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lie down, I will lie down. Your people shall be my people, and your God is my God. Where you die, I will die. There, I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death should part me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. I love that passage, where you go, I will go. Your God is my God. Sometimes this passage is read at weddings because it is a covenant, a lifelong promise between two people. But in this story, the promise is between friends, and the love story only comes later. Like most fairy tales, as the story continues, there is, of course, a Prince Charming, someone worthy of loving this devoted young woman, Boaz, 
who just so happens to own the fields where Ruth goes to glean, who just so happens to speak in this charming, old-fashioned way. You know all those stories where a woman falls in love with someone from, you know, time travel movies, she meets and falls in love with someone from 100 years before? He's speaking like that. She's speaking in the text in a common, you know, contemporary way, and he's speaking straight out of a Shakespeare play, like, whither goest thou, back to her. And he treats her so kindly, he stops anyone who would make trouble for her, and so, as the story goes, he's, of course, also very wealthy. He hears that she is good and hardworking, and he hears how she has committed herself to Naomi, and he admires her. She also shows herself to be very clever. Of course, she's living in a very patriarchal time, but she's able to subvert the systems of her own day and to provide for herself and her mother-in-law. Through her relationship, she goes from being a stranger and a foreigner, less than a servant even, to a wife, a matriarch, and as the neighborhood women say, she's like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. All the good things that happen for her follow from her action of devotion. It's called in the Hebrew chesed, and we translate that as an act of loving kindness. And it's not just any kind action. It's something that goes above and beyond what anyone could have expected another person to do for them. At one point, she asks Boaz why he's been so good to her. And he says, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. May the Lord reward you for your deeds, and may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. He's pointing out that through her goodness, she's bound in that relationship with the one God who's like that sheltering bird, protectively putting a wing over her. So through this story, even though the customs of the time are so different from our own, we see the same God who loves a good story, moving in familiar ways, working through the lives of these people. And it reminds us to look for the ways God is moving also in our own lives. The story ends not with a happily ever after, but with the birth of a baby boy, as it closes, this grandmother, Naomi, has taken the child, and she's holding him, and she's being his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood come together and give him his name. And they say, a son has been born to Naomi, this grandmother. And they name him Obed, and he became the father of Jesse, and he became the father of David, King David. So Ruth, great-grandmother of kings. You are probably all familiar with the saying, God is still speaking. We used to have this as a banner over our main doors, and we left it up there. It started out red. We left it up there so long it had fully faded to pink, I think, before it came down. God is still speaking. And I also hope the words from the opening of our covenant, which are printed in the back of all of our pilgrim hymnals, and which we say together whenever new members join the church, 
are familiar to you. We are united in striving to know the will of God as taught in Holy Scripture and in life and in our purpose to walk in the ways of the Lord made known or to be made known to us. Ruth's story is about exactly this. God is still speaking. At some long past point in time, the book of Ruth was fresh and new. It had just been penned. It was contemporary. And for the people who lived that story, for the people who told this story first around, maybe around campfires, for the person who wrote it down, one of the things they were trying to capture and pass on to us is that God's will is continually being revealed to us in the stories of our own lives, made known or to be made known. And as we try to understand it, we are united in trying to walk in God's ways. We might want to summarize the Bible like this, right? The first five books of the law or the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So here we have the law. And the law is God's covenant promise with God's people, Israel. And as David preached last week, that covenant is everlasting, and we are grafted alongside of it as the Gentiles. And so you could summarize this whole book and say over here you have the law. Some of the things that are written in here is watch out for those foreign women. You are an exclusive group, a tribal and ethnic group, you are holy and sacred and set apart for this covenant with God, and it's not until way over here, all the way at the end, that we're going to get to find out that the Gentiles can also be grafted on. Of course, that is true, yes. And right up here in Ruth, this tiny little book, I can't read the whole thing to you, but it's only four chapters. Can I give homework assignments? There will be a quiz next week. It'll be hidden in the friendship registers. I'll be collecting them. These four little chapters are a conversation with the law that has been written down before. And it's the way the people explained. Yes, God said, be wary of those foreign women, most especially because they're going to turn your hearts away from me. And then in this story, this foreign woman has come under that sheltering protection of God's wing, and God's promise comes through her. God's salvation is for everyone. So Ruth, this foreign woman, is the best example of God's desire for us to be loyal, to be steadfast, to keep our promises to each other, to have faith, to make sacrifices for one another, to be willing to leave everything we have and go on a journey of faith. So she is the person whose actions not only save herself and her mother-in-law in the end, but continue this genealogy which gives the people King David, and eventually she also is the great I would have to say great 30 or 40 times, which I'm not going to do, but the great, great something grandmother, of course, of Joseph, 
the earthly father of Jesus. Also born in Bethlehem, that place of bread, and he becomes for us the bread of life. So this love story is clarifying the laws. The law and scripture are not static, and neither are we. Do you find that when you open the Bible, even if it's a passage you've read many times before, you can still read it in a new way? Maybe you're picking up a new translation, but it's mostly that you have changed through your life. So as you come back to the text, it reads differently to you. There's more that you can understand as you read at a new time. So God is still speaking. And as our life is unfolding, our identity is changing and developing, our family's story still being written, even the events in our neighborhoods, our town, our nation, and the world, God is still speaking through all of it. And the scripture points to us some of the ways God might be working. The first lesson is that sometimes God is working with the very last people we would suspect. Nadia Boltz-Weber, a Lutheran pastor, wrote a beautiful book. And for this, I don't really need to say much more than the title. It's called Accidental Saints. And I think that happens with God all the time. God is working through the least person we would expect. We just have to know to look for it. So here, salvation has come through a woman, a young woman, a foreign woman, someone who was even supposed to be the enemy, and she was at the very bottom rung of society. And see what God could do through her act of loving kindness. Salvation comes through this whole family who defied a tradition of exclusion and segregation. Salvation comes through someone who's brave enough to cross those borders, to leave a homeland and travel on that journey of faith to a place that held more possibility for her. And then the second lesson is about that hased, that loving kindness, and everything that God can work through a kind action to bring about more and better things than we could possibly have imagined. I was thinking this week about someone who was just at the DMV filling out paperwork, and without thinking about it too much, they check an organ donor box, not knowing, and really they never will know, the impact that moment of selflessness can have on the lives of others. I also was thinking about how there are so many successful people in the world who came from such hard circumstances. And when they look back over their lives, something I hear so often is that they just had that one person, maybe an aunt or an uncle, but so often a teacher who believed in them who taught them how to believe in themselves. And the way their life unfolded was all in response to that one person who thought they could do it, who showed them they were important. So that's the thing about these acts of loving kindness. They might transform our own lives as they did for Ruth, but much more often we just can't see the effects in our own lives. The way God is working, 
There might be ripple effects for future generations that we just never see. As Robert F. Kennedy said in 1966 at South Africa's University of Cape Town, this is where this image of the ripple effect comes from. This is what he said. Each time a man stands up for an ideal or acts to improve the lot of others or strikes out against injustice, he sends forth a tiny ripple of hope. And crossing each other from a million different centers of energy and daring, those ripples build a current which can sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance. Ruth, great-grandmother of kings, one of very few women whose names are recorded in the Bible, great-great-great-something-grandmother of Jesus, in her act of loving-kindness, she created a ripple effect that we can see all throughout scripture, that story of God's all-encompassing love, that story of that love that is for all of us. Today, I think I can hear Ruth and Naomi saying to us, God is still speaking. They are encouraging you to add your own actions to those of others who are working for a different tomorrow. So may you know the will of God as taught in Holy Scripture and in life. May you be a blessing to the generations who will come after you and people you will never know. May, through your acts of loving kindness, may you work with God for a future that God alone can see. Amen. Amen.